My name is Derek Hitt, and I got grit. Welcome to Fight Club, the call to action segment within Grit Northwest. I'm Joe Cadwell, the writer, producer, and host of the show. And I built Fight Club to educate and motivate you to fight back against attacks on your right as a union carpenter to provide for yourself and your family. Fight Club is not for excuse makers or finger pointers. If standing proud with your brothers and sisters to protect what we have is not your cup of tea, you can stop listening now. Fight Club members care about their future and aren't afraid to take action to protect it. We don't assume or expect someone else to do what's needed to strengthen our union or better our lives. Fight Club members roll up their sleeves and get involved. We understand and appreciate that a union is only as strong as its members. We're ready to fight for what we believe in. Are you? If so, let's get to work. My guest today is Derek Hitt, Northwest Carpenters Union rep and member of the local 82 in Great Falls, Montana. On the show today, we talk about the recent defeat of the right-to-work bill that hit the House floor in Helena a mere four months after losing the labor-friendly backing we had in the state capitol after last November's election. This bill, if passed, would have seriously jeopardized the ability of unionized workers to provide for themselves and their families and was pushed onto Montana's working class by deep-pocketed, out-of-state corporate interest intent on destroying unions. It's the latest attack on organized labor in our region, and it surely won't be the last. Fortunately, our carpenters rose to the challenge joined forces with other trades to rally at the state capitol and sent lawmakers a strong message that right to work has no place in their home. Right to work legislation is wrong for workers no matter where you live, and today we're going to hear how to fight back against it. Derek Hitt, welcome to Fight Club. Thanks for having me, Joe. Hey, Derek, thanks so much for taking your time to be on the show today to talk to the listeners about right to work the war on workers, and how that war was defeated. Or I won't say the war. We'll say the battle in in Big Sky Country was brought to a head recently, and we had a a pretty substantial victory there. So, Derek, why don't you tell us first, what is right to work, and why should workers be concerned about it? Right to work makes sure that it's harder for us to organize. It's also policies that weaken uh, union strengths, And basically, these right-to-work laws are passed through state legislation. They've been going through the individual states for decades now. The most recent battle came to Montana with House Bill 251. And uh, I know that the Carpenters Union, uh, along with a lot of the other organized labor unions in the state of Montana, banded together to push back against this bill that was really is bad for the working class. And how did we go about doing that, Derek? So it all started after the election. We, uh, myself and Joel Worth, the other representative from uh, Butte, got together and decided that we needed to get a game plan together because we knew that we were in for a fight of our lives. We knew that there was opposition and that there was outside interests that really would love to bring right to work to our state. And we knew that was just not a good idea for Montana in general. So we can't. We gathered up with everybody, partnered up with the AFL-CIO, and started a unity table where everybody from the police officers to firemen, teamsters, pipe fitters, and us were all there every week talking to each other about what's going on, how we can combat this in a unified effort. I mean, this was all hands on deck, everybody. You know, there's some people we have issues with, but... We told everybody, like, hey, we got to do this all together or else 
we're all going to fall. And we started that way. We started getting that together. Uh, Matt Swanson also reached out to other councils and we talked with uh, our brothers and sisters in Missouri, Wisconsin, and a couple other states and just what worked for them, what didn't work for them. They gave us some really kick-ass tools that we started implementing with our uh, members here and showing the carpenters that, hey, we can do this. We got this. We just have to put a little elbow grease in. And as carpenters, you know, little elbow grease is nothing that we're short of. We can swing a hammer all day long. Give you something to hammer on, and it sounds like you guys went to bat and and, uh, really knocked it out of the park. Just to back up real quick, so... Uh, this coalition of, of labor unions came about after the November election. In the November election, we lost both a, a very labor-friendly uh, seat in the governor of the state of Montana and also the senator in the state of Montana. We're both very labor-friendly, and unfortunately, we lost those uh, two positions. And that's when we looked historically at what happens to states when they go with candidates that uh, or elected officials that don't think as favorably about uh, organized labor. And we were on the on guard because of that. We saw what happened in West Virginia a few years ago. It was roughly four months to the date after West Virginia went Republican and lost their labor-friendly Democratic legislature that the first right-to-work bill came about. And unfortunately, unlike Montana in West Virginia, that was allowed to go through. And at that point, it was a race to the bottom for organized labor. They They closed down a training center they lost a huge amount of the market share and the uh, the ability to to control the uh, wages and benefits for the members began to erode. And I'm so happy to hear that the efforts that you and Joel and the rest of the uh, uh, group put together under the guidance of our political director for the Northwest Carpenters Union, Matt Swanson, were able to to rally and keep right to work out of out of the state of Montana. We saw it right off the bat. I mean, they literally had a draft bill ready in the wings as soon as election day was done. Like within that week, there was already two drafts sitting there ready to go. And it was just like, oh boy, here we go. So like I said, we had Matt guiding us, making sure that we got the right where we needed to go. And then we started getting with our members and making sure that they were active. I mean, we had members that came out of the woodwork and were there for us. I mean, we had Robert Shelton showed up he was one of the first ones to speak on one of the bills. And then we also had a great apprentice, Kane O'Neill, speak very passionately at the hearing. The hearing showed up and gosh, we had over, I'd say almost 200 union brothers and sisters there. And we were all there. We all were able to speak. Uh, I actually had an inside uh, connection and they were telling me when we were getting sped up. So we made sure who had a really good speech got to actually say their speech. And then the other ones that just wanted to say their name, they got to the back of the list. So we were coordinating it. We were making sure everybody was cordial, professional, no rubble rouser. I mean, we did have the iron workers there and we know they like to, you know, get a little frisky, if you will. Stir it up a little bit. Hey, Derek, do you think that you would have had such a, uh, a remarkable outcome? And when I say remarkable outcome, it looks like, uh, the bill was shot down by 62 out of 100 votes, had 29 Republican votes and 33 Democrats. All 33 of the uh, um, the House voted that down, 62 out of 100. Do you think you would have had that same outcome if it had not been for the rank and file members stepping up, telling their stories and telling them 
the, the, the leg state legislators, how they their lives would be dramatically affected if right to work passed in the state of Montana? Absolutely not. I mean, if it wasn't for our carpenters in the fields coming up there and telling them how they their lives would be affected, we've seen it time and time again with other bills where the reps will come up there. I represent so-and-so local. And then you just see their eyes glaze over. If you go in there and tell them a story of how this is going to affect you, you get them. And with this new COVID area that we're in, there was also the option of zooming in, but it just wasn't the same. I mean, it was like a TV screen and, you know, they're over there checking Facebook instead of listening to you. I mean, I saw it happen multiple times on other bills, but if you went in there, just like Kane did, just like Robert, uh, I can name a couple other ones off the top of my head. Mark Carpenter, they came in there and told their story, what it was like to be a traveling carpenter in Montana, what it is to be a union carpenter here. How did you get our members to step up like that, Derek? I know, you know, as carpenters, as, as working class, we have families, we've got jobs, we've got a limited amount of time. How did you get them to understand the importance of actually showing up at the state capitol there in Helena and, and actually being vocal? Well, everybody knew that there was a lot at stake at this. I mean, if we did not step up the way that they did, we would have be losing on a lot of stuff. I mean, we have negotiations right now. Negotiations would look way different if we were right to work state as soon as negotiations were done. I mean, I could just tell you that it was a we were in a rock and a hard place and everybody knew it, but they also knew that if they stepped up their game and just showed up and showed them what we are about, it would change the world. And it did. I mean, my hats are off to everybody because when the final hearing was, when the vote was, it was supposed to be the last part of the day on the second and come six o'clock on the first, we get a text six o'clock that night. Hey, your first thing on bat. Get everybody here as fast as you can. We had people load up at three o'clock in the morning from Billings to show up. And I mean, our guys and gals showed up in force. It was beautiful. It was, you know, I got teary eyed about it. It was like knowing that my brothers and sisters are here and they're here to fight. We're here to be professionals about it, but we're also here to put the whole legislation in notice because that was another thing because of COVID not a lot of people have been showing up. We packed the hearing hall and two spillways with members of all forms of labor. Like I said, we had police officers, we had firemen, we had teachers, we had iron workers, we had laborers, we had carpenters, and we all showed up and we were, we had signs, we were polite, we said, good morning, Senator, good morning, House Rep, and then when the ones that came through that we knew were on our side, we all gave them a big round of applause and thanked them for all their hard work. I mean, it was, they could tell, I mean, they were, you know, they had uh, ushers everywhere around us just to make sure we were good. And I also feel like they also turned on the heater on us because it was hotter than normal in there. We were handling out waters just to make sure nobody passed out. I think that was the passion speaking there, Derek. Yeah. And I know the council had a, a vested interest in not seeing Montana go right to work. If that was the case, then three out of the six of the states of the Northwest Regional Council would be right to work. And that just is sets a bad precedent, and it makes it that much easier for attacks on 
the, the larger populace of our, our um, organization here in the Northwest, the state of Washington, the state of Oregon, which would be horrible for us to see this type of legislature actually get a, a toehold in uh, the Northwest. And now it is truly a race to the bottom. We've seen, the, we've seen what right to work can do to workers' wages all across the U.S. since, again, this decades-long war on the working class has been in play. And I'm really proud and I'm really happy to, to know that you were so instrumental in keeping this out. And again, we cannot sit back on our, our laurels and rest on our laurels uh, because of this. The last time Right to Work really showed up in the state of Montana, I think, was 2009. Here we are in 2021. I wouldn't be surprised, Derek, if you're going to see this again on the agenda. And again, we're going to have to rally our members each and every time to counter but more importantly, we need to educate the general populace as to the benefits of what organized labor can provide to raise the living standards of, of everyone, whether they're union or not, in states that maybe are susceptible to right-to-work attacks. Also, the thing is, union membership and union wages on prevailing wage jobs and everything raise the non-union to our standards so they can see what the benefit is to having a union shop in their states. They, they get it. And a lot of our open shop contractors understand without us, their wages would be a lot lower and that their people would be paid less and they'd get that. And at the same time, you know, some of them are kind of hoping for that because they like the idea of poverty with a view, as they say in Montana sometimes. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is so many of the, um, interests that are pushing these right-to-work bills and agendas are not Montanians. They're not people from in-state. They're out-of-state corporations who utilize money that big business has at their disposal with the Supreme Court decision some years back of Citizens United, which allows for the funneling of millions of dollars to influence elections. And now you have, have corporations that have no no uh, stake in Montana except your right to, to make poverty with a view. These interests such as the American Legislative Exchange Council or ALEC, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the National Right to Work Committee, these folks, they're not from Montana. They don't understand what it is to be in Montana, but they do know if they can break the back of the unions, drive the wages down, and then come in and clean up. We can't let that happen. Like you were saying, the opposition brought their specialists. They brought them in from North Carolina, Texas, Everywhere else but Montana, they forgot the one thing that irritates our elected officials is bringing out-of-staters in to tell them what to do. And that did drive a button to a lot of our uh, house reps there because nothing irritates them more than when you have somebody from Texas or California or North Carolina coming in and telling them how to run their state. It is a no-no. It's an unspoken rule in that house, but it definitely shone through when they brought in these people all fancied up in their business suits. And then you had a bunch of us carpenters and iron workers and everybody else of labor in their high viz. And they brought their hard hats. They were there to show them that we're working class. And that we're here, that we're the ones that build Montana. These people just come in and try and steal money from us. Derek Hitt, this has been a fantastic conversation. If members want to learn more about 
politics and the political direction of our regional council of the Northwest, where would they turn? You just go to northwestcarpenters.org and you will see all the links that will get you onto how to be more active in your local, how to be better with our council, and how to fight this so we don't ever have to look at this at the light of day again. Our guest today has been Derek Hitt. The threat of right to work has been identified. Right to work is wrong for workers can have real consequence on our ability to provide for ourselves and our families. Keep educated on issues that matter to your career and future by attending your local's meetings and area informationals. You can also find out more about our regional council's commitment to protecting our union through political action by visiting nwcarpenters.org. Well, that's it for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to share the show with someone you think may benefit from it. And until next time, this is Joe Cadwell reminding you to work safe, work smart, and stay union strong.